Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com. Good morning, Living Hope. Man, that was good. Good, good, good stuff. Thank you. All right. On your seats, you'll see these little books. I say, what is Christmas all about? Um, they're put out by the same people who put out our daily bread devotionals back on the cart. And, um, and so it's just a little 10-day uh, devotional about Christmas and kind of getting you centered on what the real meaning of Christmas is. And so um, just so happens that Christmas is 10 days from today, so that works out nice. Uh, take that home. That's our gift to you. Uh, use it in your personal devotion, lunchtime devotion, family devotional, however you want to do it. Keep it in the bathroom. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. All right? So that'll be good. Um, all right. So we're going to continue on in our series. I'm Jeff, by the way. I'm I'm pastor of uh, the church and uh, really excited about uh, this message today. We're going to continue in this series that we've been calling um, uh, Miracle on Your Street. <coughs> I'm going to cough all the way through this. Sorry. Just get used to it. And, um, and so we, this series we've been focusing on in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, there's a prophecy about the coming of Christ. And in this prophecy, Isaiah calls Jesus by four different names. And uh, we've already hit the first two. The first two were wonderful counselor. And then, uh, almighty God, this week we'll be talking about everlasting father. And next week we'll hit Prince of peace. And, uh, and so this concept of everlasting father is what we're going to kind of dwell on today. And, but before we kind of dive into that, um, I want to do a little church kind of housekeeping business, give you guys some updates on where we are on a few things. <coughs> if this is your first time here with us, um, then we're really glad to have you here. Uh, in fact, that we have a gift for you back at the info table on the way out the door, uh, stop back there and get that. Uh, but it, normally, um, we don't take care of, you know, this kind of uh, behind the scenes type stuff. So it's a, it, you're, you picked a good Sunday to come. So you get a little peek behind the curtain of uh, what goes on, uh, you know, when things aren't just a worship service. So, um, so just to get kind of an update. So we've been meeting in this space for about seven years now and, and have started the last several months to really be more intentional in a search for a permanent location for us. And uh, that process, uh, there's been, um, I don't know, half a dozen or so people that have kind of uh, banded together to, to kind of explore different options and look at things and pray through this situation. So um, that's been a lot of fun. I, I think the last time I updated you, I said there was a space on First Street that we were looking at. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and so we looked at that space. Uh, looked at it once, felt pretty good about it. Looked at it a second time, felt horrible about it. Uh, it was just too, it was just too small, too small a space for us. It would have worked for us like today, and then if we would have added one more person to the church, it, it would have been too small. And so uh, we, we felt like that wasn't a good move. So, but that that we felt good that we did it because it was kind of our first kind of get into a building with some realtors and look around. It was a, it was a step in the right direction, and it opened the door to another opportunity which we've been looking at. Um, the spaces, some of them are, some of them are new down, uh, at, on a street and the highway down by Carl's jr. Where core fitness is and Playland, that whole area, there was a thrifty auto sales used to be there. Um, so those buildings there, we, we've been in there looking at those, those spaces are perfect for us. 
I mean, perfect. They are uh, uh, size-wise, parking-wise, it's a great, great deal for us. Um, in fact, we, we met with the landlord, really nice guy, who uh, gave us a, a good rate, um, you know, kind of starting, um, you know, in the negotiations there and gave us a good rate. It's, right now, those, those buildings are just a, they're an empty shell. I mean, a blank slate, it's just a box, right? And so there's a lot we could do in there to kind of make it our space. But as we, as we started kind of counting the cost of what it would take to build it out, um, that, that, that figure is somewhere between um, a lot and an awful lot. Like, it's, 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 it's in there somewhere, right? It's a lot of money. And, um, and so just to kind of, you know, get it completely built out to where we have usable kids space and worship space and office space and everything that we can kind of be all centralized right there, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require a, a good chunk of change. Now, the church has some money in savings. It's not, a, it's not an incredible amount of money, but we got some money. And, and, uh, and so the, the, where we are right now with that space is kind of looking at that in terms of um, just praying and asking God, is this, is this uh, the best way that we can steward your money? Is, is, this, the, is this the best uh, strategy for us? Is, is this where you would have us go? So we're kind of in prayer mode on that right now. And, um, and I would invite you to pray with us. There's also another space that has a potential, um, I, I, I won't, I can't go into a lot of detail about it. Um, but it is over near the church office, uh, close to Adam street. And it is, uh, it is also would be a great space. It's, it's a, it would be a purchase option. Um, and then, uh, also kind of an empty shell that we would have to build out. And so, uh, again, that there's some cost involved in that. And so, um, so I, I, I give you that update to say a few things. One, where the leadership is right now, we are praying through this, and we want to make sure that whatever, however we move forward, it's where God is leading us to move forward, not just where we're in a hurry to move forward. Does that make sense? And so we, we want to make sure that, that what we do is that we are following God in this and, uh, and you know, that it's in His timing and his, it's His plan and His location for us and, and that sort of thing. So... Um, so pray with us as leaders that, that we would be able to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and, um, and know when to, um, well, actually the last time we met in that building over near the highway, uh, before we left, we all gathered around in prayer. We prayed over the, uh, the real estate agent even right there. And, and, uh, but my prayer then was God, if this is, if this, it's your will for us to be in this building, um, or if it's not your will for us to be in this building, would you just slam the door shut? Just make it obvious that this is not going to work. And if it is your will, clear the path. Clear the path and make it happen. And so that's the prayer I would like for you to join us in praying, that, that God, that his will in this, his direction in this, would just be clear, clear to us, that we would have clarity in that. And if he does not seem or see fit to bless us with clarity, then that he would bless us with faith. <laughs> that we would know when it, it is appropriate to step out on faith and, and, uh, and make the move that he wants us to make. <clears throat> now, pray that with us. Uh, the other thing I would like for you to pray is, is that um, is what, you know, what you individually, as a member of this body of believers, um, could be doing to um, help us collectively get to the goals that, that God has for us. And what I mean by that is, um, the, uh, this a building, any building that we are in, is not the church. Who, what is the church? Well, that's it's us, right? It's us. And so, what I want you to pray is that God would build this church uh, before He builds that one. Does that make sense? 
So build us up, make us into the body of believers that he would have us to be, the church that he would have us to be before he gives us a location. And, and so submit yourself to God and just ask God, God, is there anything I can do? Now, a part of that is, you know, could, is, is, there, is there a greater way that you would have me serve you? Is there personal change you would need me to make? Is it, whatever that might be. There's also um, a financial element there, too, that we are called to be stewards. And, and I would ask you to just ask God, God, would you have me sacrifice more? Now, now some of you are giving and, and, uh, and, and tithers. The, the, there's a biblical concept. If you're new to church, there's a biblical concept of tithing, which means 10%, which we're called to give to God. And, and some of you are faithful in that, and, you do, and, and, and it's amazing. We're so thankful for you. And, um, and then others of you struggle in this area, and, and it's, it's, it's an issue that you have trouble stepping out on faith on. Now, let, let me make this crystal clear to you. This is not about money. It's not about money. I don't care about your money. There's not one person in this church looking to get rich off of you. Not one. You know why? Because it would not work. It wouldn't work. It would be a stupid plan, right? We're not looking to get rich off of you. We're not looking to build the biggest, prettiest building in town off of you. We're not, you know, none of that. What, we, what the leadership of this church wants for you is what we want for ourselves, is that we draw closer to Christ and we become more like him. And in the process of doing that, one of the things that Christ does in our lives is that he makes us more generous, which we all want to be. There's not a person in here, and I would think, I would assume, there's not one person in this room sitting back with your arms crossed going, I do not want to be a more generous person. You know, that's not, I mean, it's Christmas. Get generous, okay? I mean, it's, it's like, like all of us. We, we want to be more generous. And part of that generosity that flows out of us because Jesus, uh, because God is a, a generous God, he, he, when we become more like him, we become more generous people. We become more faithful people. And we trust him in all areas of our life, including our finances. So if you're that person that's kind of been sitting back out on the fence, kind of, you know, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if it makes sense for me financially or what well, church doesn't need my money or Jeff's just trying to get rich off of me or whatever delusional thoughts you're thinking. Um, just know that, that this, is, this is a simple fact, that if um, the body of believers here, if you're not a believer and you're just here checking us out, checking us out we, we, don't, we don't want your money. Keep your money in your pocket. And, and what I'm talking about is, for, you know, if you're a believer in Christ, then we're going to push you towards Christ-like attributes, okay? And so... In that, um, in that you becoming more Christ-like, um, you need to know this, that if all of us as a body of believers were following God and being obedient to God in this issue, this financial discussion would not even be a discussion at all. At all. We would be able to do anything that God called us to do. Absolutely anything. That everything that God calls us to do he has made the means for it to happen right here. Right here. And so all I want you to do is the same thing that I'm going to do myself. Is I'm going to submit myself to God. And I'm going to pray, God, would you have me sacrifice more than I'm sacrificing now? And that's between you and God. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to check up on you. I'm not going to do anything like that. That's between you and God. But know that as your leaders, it is our constant desire that you be growing closer to Christ. And this is just one of the ways. We want you growing closer to Christ in the way that you serve him, in the way that you're obedient to his word, in the way that you do family and do relationships and everything else. We want that, we want that total package for you. And the generosity thing is just one part of it. It's just one part of it. But as we move forward as a church, I would ask you all to just have that conversation with God. God, would you have me do more than I'm doing now?
Would you have me do more than I'm doing now? And whatever that answer is from God, just move on it. Just obey. Just obey. Now, as a pastor, <coughs> as your pastor, I have to admit, I, I worry a lot about our church. I worry about our church from the standpoint, of not, not like, oh, we're going down a horrible road or anything like that. I just, I worry over you and I pray over you as a father would his kids. I, I, I have great concern for you. Great concern for you in all areas of your life. Um, I, I, I tell people all the time when people ask about my job that, you know, um, it, it's not the hardest job in the world. I'm not, you know, I'm not digging ditches or working at a factory or, you know, coming home just wiped out physically or whatever. But uh, emotionally, spiritually, it's a very, very draining work, line of work to be in. And, and I do come home just spent. And unfortunately, um, you know, I, I have to do the best I can to, not, to make sure my family, my family is not getting the leftovers of me. Um, but I, I worry and pray over us. I, we had a, a phone call early morning a couple weeks ago um, from uh, Wayne and Liz Haugen. And um, uh, just, in, you know, they were very worried because um, there was a, pot, you know, Banner, their little, little girl, little bitty girl, Banner, um, had, had been having some health problems. And they heard some words from one of the medical professionals leading them to believe there might be something critically, seriously wrong. And um, I can tell you, I, I spent that entire day um, just weeping and praying and fasting over little Banner. I, my heart just um, completely poured out on behalf of that little girl and her family because, um, because I love them. I love them. And I've done the same thing with many of you over issues that you've, been, you've gone through in your life and uh, relationship problems and marriages crumbling and kids out of control and, and um, you know, illnesses and deaths and, you know, things like that. I, I, my heart breaks for our congregation because God has put this burden inside of me that is hard for me to put into words. I, I just... I love you all. I just love you. And as I worry over us, and as, as I do that, it's really easy for me to lose sight of the fact of who God is. That sometimes that worry, and if, if you're, you know, well, if you're a person, <laughs> you, you get this from time to time. That there are certain people in your life, whether it's, kids or friends or, or, you know, whoever, <coughs> that your heart regularly just breaks over them because you care so much about them. And you can worry yourself into a place to where you forget who God is. You forget who he said he was, what he's capable of in your life, and, um, and that's not where God wants us to be. That's not God where he wants us to be. Somebody asked me, um, I think it was last week, they said, what did Jesus mean when he said, uh, you got to have faith like a child? Which is a really great question because it's, I think that at, it's at the center of who we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ. That when Jesus said, uh, you know, if you want to have a place in my kingdom, you have to come to me like a little child. You have to have faith like a little child. 
He wasn't talking about some <coughs> weird, um, you know, immaturity or being some sort of brat or, or, you know, just, you know, walking around doing potty humor all day long. I mean, that's not what, it's not what he was talking about. It's not, I mean, that, those are definitely, you know, sometimes childhood attributes, but that's not the attributes I believe he was talking about there. What I believe he meant when he, uh, when he, when he said this is, um, I have, uh, my, I always say my favorite kid, uh, I have four kids, I have a couple teenagers, a couple younger ones. And, uh, I always say that my favorite kid is whichever one is, is closest to the age of three. I love that age, right? That's just like the golden age. In my opinion, that, that three-year-olds are just amazing, amazing. And so I have a three-year-old right now and her name's Meadow and she's sitting in the back of the room. And, um, and so, uh, Meadow's awesome and she's my best buddy. And, uh, and so she is one of the things I love about Meadow, which I've loved about each of my kids as, as they've been in that stage of life is that Meadow has never, um, come to me and grabbed me by the hands and said, dad, I'm concerned about what we're going to eat tonight. Is, Is there anything for us to eat? She's never said, dad, um, how are we doing financially? Are we going to lose the house? Never. She's, that conversation has never happened with Meadow, ever. Right? She's never sat me and Jamie down and said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepless at night. We have to get a budget as a family. <laughs> right? Meadow hasn't had that conversation. You know what Meadow does? Meadow says, I'm hungry, and opens her mouth and waits for somebody to put food in it. <laughs> That's it. Meadow says, I'm thirsty, and, and, and waits for somebody to give her a drink. Meadow just assumes there will be clothes for her when she needs clothes. She just assumes that whatever she needs is going to be there. Whatever she needs is going to be there. Why? Because she's a kid. She doesn't know that she should be worrying. She doesn't know. Last week I told a story of a really sad story of me getting beat up when I was five years old. And um, so I'm going to tell another sad story um, when, from when I was three or four years old. <clears throat> and I'm not looking for sympathy. I, I, I just I tell the story to illustrate this point. When I was three or four years old, I, I don't have a whole lot of memories of that time in my life. I really don't. Um, but some of the few memories I have of that time were um, I can remember one night being three years old, my mom and dad arguing very greatly. And my dad leaving. And that was the night my parents split up. Now, I don't have any emotion about that. It's just a memory I have. Okay? Just, just, just a memory I have. Um, what, I, did, I didn't know any of this. I came to, came to find out later that one of the reasons that my parents split up was that uh, it was a period of time in my mom's life where she was physically abusing me and my little brother. I have no memory of that at all. It's, it's, I love how God works that out, right? Um, and so while her and dad were split up, headed for divorce, she went into some very intensive counseling to help take care of that and not have to do that anymore. And in that time, me and my brother went into foster care. I do have some memories of that. I just I remember the families that the family that I went with, they split us up. The family that I went with uh, was not a nice family. I, I remember that. 
but again, very vague. I don't have any emotion about it. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a memory, right? Now, I say this not for you to go, wow, this is really sad service. I'm really regretting coming. Um, <laughs> I, I say that to, to, for, you to, for you to hear this, that even at a time of my life when um, I probably, as a, as, even as a three or four-year-old, should have been extremely worried of what the outcome of my life was going to be, even in that time of my life, I don't ever, ever remember once thinking, I wonder if I'm going to get to eat today. I wonder if I'm going to have any clothes. I wonder if mom and dad love me. I wonder if, I don't, I don't remember. I just have these memories. It was just kind of where I was existing. I still, even in the middle of all that junk, still was not worried about my life. Confused maybe, but not worried. Not worried at all. Now, the end of the story, the good news is mom and dad got back together it's great. I grew up in a great family. Great family, okay? But even in the midst of that, not worrying. Why? Because that's the faith of a child. That's the faith of a child. You just trust that the people who love you are going to take care of you. Now, I know we can go to some extreme examples where there are kids out there who, who aren't being taken care of. I, I get that. But I think the point Jesus was trying to make here is Come to me as if one of these little kids would come to me. You, you don't have to worry about, are you good enough? Don't worry about whether or not I'm going to take care of you. Just exist in my love. Just, just exist. Jesus t- teaches this great lesson in Matthew, Matthew 6 that goes right along with this. Matthew 6, start with verse 25. <coughs> he says this, Therefore, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add even a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, but they neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, Solomon, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If, if, you, could, if you could effectively apply this lesson to your life, can I just tell you it would be a game changer for you. You're talking a whole different outlook, a whole different place of peace that you would be in your life. That when we can get to this point, and it's not not even a point, it's a daily decision. It's a daily decision that I am going to, I'm just going to trust God. 
I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be anxious about all the stuff in my life that I probably should be anxious about. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to trust Him. I think this is best summed up in an old song that I used to sing in Sunday school. If you've been in church for a few decades, maybe you've sung it too. <coughs> it was actually, I think, an old hymn. But put that, put that up there. Just this. Uh, next one. No, the next one. There you go. You may remember this song? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. It's that simple. Trust and obey. If you could just get to the point to where you see your Father, your Heavenly Father, as someone that you can genuinely trust. Just know, I'm going I'm to do my best, best to get myself back to that, that place like that three-year-old inside of me and just trust, not worry, just trust that the things I need will be provided. That where God wants to take me, He will make a way for me to get there. And, and in the process, I'm going to do my very best to just submit to Him daily and obey His and, and allow obey Him, obey His word, allow Him to shape me into the person that He needs for me to be, that He wants for me to be. I'm just going to trust <coughs> and obey. Trust and obey. There's a word that we use for this in church life. It's it's called faithfulness. To just be faithful. That's what that basically means. If you are a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, it means you're a follower of Jesus Christ who daily makes a decision that today I'm going to trust God with my life and I'm going to obey Him and follow Him where He wants me to go. I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. That sounds really simple, but it's, it's, it's actually incredibly hard if you're not three. Right? If you're not three, it's incredibly hard. Because we grow and we get older and we become more worrisome and we get more jaded and more cynical and everything else and we tend to always expect the worst and, you know, we, we just, whatever. But God still says, I want you to come to me just like a child and just trust me. Just trust me. Trust. You know, what, what would it look like if instead of you trying to manipulate the circumstances of your life to get the desired outcome that you want to get... That instead of doing that, you would just simply say, God, I'm just going to be faithful today. You take care of my life. I'm just going to be faithful. Because here, here's the deal. For, for me, at the end of the day, as a pastor, um, God has not called me to be a successful pastor, whatever that means. God has not called me to build the biggest church in the county. God has not called me to, you know, do whatever, you know, expectations people or, or whatever from the outside would put on me. Ultimately, God has only called me to one thing, and that's just to be faithful. And so if I, instead of looking for results and looking at a desired outcome and working towards that, which basically puts the focus and, 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 and the weight all on me, if I instead just daily say, God, I, I, I just help me to be faithful today. Help me to be faithful. God, I want to serve you. I want to know you more. I want to trust you with the details of my life. Help me be faithful today. And I'm trusting you for the results. The results are in your hands. I, I have no control over 
results, God, I'm going to put that in your hands. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about the money. I'm not going to worry about the attendance. I'm not going to worry about, you know, people's lives or my own life. God, I'm just going to put that in your hand. I'm going to trust you. You take care of that. Help me be faithful to you today. Help me be faithful. And what happens is that as we give up that control of all those desired outcomes, as we give that up and we allow God to, we hand that control over to God, we allow Him to take care of the desired outcomes, and we just be faithful. By being faithful and being who God wants us to be, we position ourselves in our life to actually get a lot of times those desired outcomes that we wanted in the first place that we were trying to get on our own. Because we become the people that we need to be to get that. Or, in submitting to God, God changes our dreams and He changes our goals to goals and dreams that blew away our original ones anyway. And when we're able to just simply just say, I I trust you. Now, I I said, as a pastor, I walk with you guys through a lot of stuff. What would happen if If, you're, if you are here and your marriage is, is falling apart and you can't remember when it didn't feel that way, what would happen if, if instead of you trying to change that person, that other person, and trying to manipulate situations so you can get the results that you want to have and still feel in control or whatever, what would happen if <coughs> instead of doing that, you just simply... I said, God, I'm giving you my marriage. I'm just going to focus on being faithful to you. Can I tell you what would happen? You'd have a good marriage. I'm just going to focus on you, God. And you know what happens? By doing that, you become the person that your spouse needed you to be. You become the person. What, what, what about in, as a parent, instead of trying to control and manipulate your kids and stress about the things that they're into, what if you just simply said, God, they're your kids too, so take a turn. <laughs> take a turn. And you just gave your kids to God and said, God, I'm just going to focus on being faithful to you today. Make me faith. Make me faithful in every area of my life, the way I work, the way I just do relationship with you, God, the way, I, the way I parent my kids, help me just to be faithful. And I'm going to trust you for the outcome and for the results. What would happen is you would become the parent that your kids need you to be. And I want to challenge everybody in this room to just become that person who day in and day out, rather than stressing, rather than worrying, you just accept that you have a Father in heaven who loves you enough to provide everything that you need to have provided for you. Now, as I, whenever I teach about God as Father, I, I, I always try to be sensitive to the fact that I know a lot of you maybe grew up in homes where Father was not a positive word for you. Where you didn't have a good relationship with your dad, or maybe dad was completely absent, or, or whatever the case may be. And I'm going to say something that may sound rude, but I don't mean it to sound rude. And so I'm just going to say, hear my heart and not the words I've chosen to say, okay? The fact that you grew up with a poor example of a dad does not negate the fact that there is a very good one. It's a very, in fact, the fact that you can look at a dad 
and say that is not a good one means that there is one who is good. And God, for everyone, whether you had a great dad or a horrible father, whatever the case may be, God, as your heavenly father, is the father that every single one of us always wanted to have. He's the one who provides for us, who protects us, who leads us, who will not... Uh, that, that, you know, here, here's the thing. Meadow never has to ask me to feed her because I actually enjoy feeding Meadow. And so she doesn't have to. She never has to ask me to give her good gifts because I love giving her good gifts. I love that. She never has to ask me ever to protect her because if anybody ever messes with Meadow, the next day I start prison ministry. (laughs) Ever. And I'm completely okay with that. You can serve God anywhere. Anywhere. She never has to ask that. Why? Because I love her and I want to do those things for her. And you have a heavenly father who loves you so much. What what does Jesus say? He's you're not going to, you have a heavenly father. You're not going to ask him for uh, bread and he's going to give you a snake. <laughs> he's not going to do that. He wants to give you good things. He, in fact, he wants to give you the best things. Now, his def- definition of best is often def- different than our definition of best, right? As is the case if you're a parent with your own kids, your kids have very different, different definitions of best than you do, don't they? And it's the same way in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. But you need to know He loves you and He wants to provide for you. He wants to care for you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to feed you and to nourish you. Just live in this place where you just trust that that's going to happen. Again, it may not happen the way you think it should happen or could happen. But He will never leave you or forsake you. Ever. He will always be there for you. And so allow him to just be father and you just be faithful. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey you because you're trustworthy. I'm going to trust you. That means you stop this little game you play with God where you argue with him all the time. But you know, you, you may not consider it arguing, but it is. <coughs> is, your, is your kid ever said... Have you ever looked at your kid and said, will you stop arguing with me? And and they're like, what? I wouldn't argue with what? You know what? And you're like, no, you were arguing, right? And we 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 do this little dance with God, too, where we don't think we're arguing, but but you get into his word. And you see that there's an area of your life that he wants for you to change, that if you're going to call yourself a follower of his, that this behavior should be present in your life, whatever it is. And and, and you have this little kind of conversation with God or with other people where you say... um, well, I know, <coughs> I know the Bible says that, but, and, and eventually I'd like to do that, but my situation's a little different right now. And so I got, I kind of got to do it this way and I'm sure God understands or, you know, whatever. Just, just stop, stop arguing with God and just submit, just obey him. God, just help me be faithful today. Help me to trust you so much that even on the hard things, 
God, I'm going to try. And, and, and trust me, there will be hard things. This is not an easy process. There will be things that the Holy Spirit call, comes into you and calls you to change about the way that you're living that will, that will be very hard. That will result in tears and lack of faith. All kinds of stuff. And, and if you can get to that place where you say, God, even in the hard stuff, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to obey you. Help me be faithful in this, even though it's difficult. Help me be faithful. You're going to find a freedom you never knew was there. When you let go of the controls, give those controls to God, and you just start existing in your relationship with God as a child, God, I'm just trusting. I just, I'm just going to assume you're going to take care of me. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Now, I don't stand before you as the model of three-year-old childhood. There are times that I feel like I do this, and there are times when I do the exact opposite. And so would you join me this morning in praying? God, make me in our relationship, make me like a child again. God, help me to trust you with that kind of childlike faith. Help me to have that kind of faith. Pray that with me. And church, collectively, can we pray together? God, would you help us to make the kind of changes that we all need to make so that you can take us to the place where you need to take us? Because can I say this to you? As a church, we cannot stay where we are. We cannot. We can't. Because there's too much on the line. Because this is not some sort of game that we play. It's not some sort of social club that we attend. That this church, this thing we call church, this, this life of following Christ, the way we do this thing, the reason we want to see God's church here in Dixon and in this whole surrounding as I like to call it, the Dixon Metroplex, <coughs> including Vacaville and Davis and the whole area, right? The whole thing, the reason it's so critical that we see this, this movement grow, the reason we can't stay here is because lives are on the line. Because heaven is real and hell is hot. Because we cannot be so callous and so inwardly focused that we enjoy lifting up our hands together and singing praises together and then turn our back on the world outside these doors and tell them to go to hell. We cannot do that. And so God, pray this this morning, God, will you move us to the place you need for us to be so that your kingdom can advance right here in this, our little corner of the world? Would you do that in us? In us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You are such a good God and, and um, a good Father. <coughs> Would you forgive us when, we, when our faith is weak and when we try to take our lives in our own hands as if we could? Would you forgive us? God, would you build up our faith as, as, as the Apostle said, um, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, we believe. We know you are who you said you are. 
God, help us to live lives that show that. Help us to trust you in the details of our lives. God, for people in this room right now that are having (coughs) difficulty trusting you in the details of their life, whether it's in a marriage that's crumbling, um, a relationship that is faltering, God, whether it's in um, a lack of work or a lack of income or health issues, whatever it may be, God, would you help them to just trust you? To just daily pray, God, help me be faithful today and I'll trust you for the results. There's half a dozen things in my life right now that maybe I should be worrying about, God, but instead I'm going to just put my, I'm going I'm to fix my face towards you. Help me be faithful today. God, whatever doors you open for me to serve you in, whatever opportunities you give me to bless those that I, that I come in contact with, God, I'll, I'll do my best to obey you and walk through those doors. But help me be faithful today. God, as a church, we pray and we cry out to you this morning and we ask, God, lead us to the place, both as a body of believers and as a physical location. God, lead us to the place that you need for us to be so that you can use us uh, as much as you can possibly use us. God, give us a heart for this community. Give us a heart for your church and a love for your church that would cause us to move in unusual and sacrificial ways. And God, while we will do our best not to fix our eyes on the result, but just simply to fix our eyes on you, God, make us faithful. Make us faithful in the way that we serve you. Make us faithful in the way that we are working for an employer. Make us faithful in the way that we are neighbors. Make us faithful in the way that we are husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and children. God, make us faithful as, as stewards of the incomes that you have given us. God, make us, make us faithful. Help us to submit to you every single day. We love you. And um, thank you for being the everlasting father that you are. Thank you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.